But now I'm joined, we're joined by um, Jimmy Walsh. And Jimmy, you're very welcome to Scarif Bay. Thank you, Radio. Good morning, Jimmy. <coughs> and um, before we move on to, because we, we're going to talk about Chumgraini handball and your involvement with that, I think it would be fitting maybe for in the week that's in it um, to think about, uh, you know, William McGlyset, and he was mentioned there by Paul Brooks. You would have known William well. Exceptionally well. And it was my first duty before I talk on that line is to offer my very, very sincere condolences to Anna McLeisett and all the McLeisett family. On my own and family's behalf and also <coughs> and, and also on behalf of the Handball Club as chairman. We, we, we were rocked and shocked and saddened and I haven't words for it to hear that Willem had passed away. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's fine to look at an age, but this man looked at least 20 years younger than he was. Absolutely, he did. And he was mm-hmm. an exceptional human being, in my opinion. I had the pleasure of working for him for, for over thir- well into the thir- 30 years and plus. And I had the honour of having that man drive into my yard in my old thatched house as a, yo- a young fellow at 17 to ask me to work for him. Really? And never, f- ever forgot it. Yeah. I was absolutely thrilled. Yeah. And can I just go back to those, <coughs> to those days of McLeisett's work? About how many people were employed there at that time, Julie? There's an amazing statistic on that. When I went in there at 17, <coughs> William, you could say, start from scratch. And what a wonderful couple to wear himself and Anna, the company that they developed and progressed and went on to be employing over 100. Wow. There was over 100 employed there. Yes. And the different ventures that he went there, he went into mushrooms, he built seven acres at last for tomatoes, he had one of the best nurseries in Ireland, I would say. Yeah. You know, so much natural trees growing there, and as well as that, acres and acres that he was producing and growing every year. Yes. It, it, it was fantastic, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was very <coughs> involved, I mean, I suppose that's one aspect of it, and that was the commerce and the, uh, you know, of the, of the, of the parish and, and, and to do with the estate and everything, carrying on that long tradition, that tradition from his, from his father, and doing it so well. But he was also, at a community level, he was also very involved. He was involved with the handball club, wasn't he? He was involved in most things that went on in our parish, and I think he didn't get the recognition of the appreciation wasn't shown that this man deserved. I sat in this very spot with him at meetings with Frank Collins in troubled days, himself and Colin Wiley, both of them now. (coughs) Wonderful man, but but Willem, like, God, he stood with us in the Holland Club. We didn't have a bar paying insurance and affiliations and that kind of thing. Like, and like I saw that man win a championship for Tom Green in 1957 as wing forward, and he was probably the best forward breaker in the day. Like, yes. also a brilliant rugby player at that time. But <coughs> the question you asked me there, Carol, was the connection. His, his, his involvement in the community and that, like, yeah, I mean, <coughs> the McLeisett Cup. Was, was, was a very historical cup and played for by every handball that ever went out of that alley and he played for himself and followed himself in the old days and played against fellas like Pat Kirby and those kind of fellas. William was a fine handballer. He was a fine athlete, wasn't he? He was a powerful yeah, athlete. That's very well said, Geraldine. A powerful athlete and ever since he talked out a wonderful athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and proved that on the rugby fields like. But his generosity like, and I remember ringing William McLeisett in later years when I was chairman of the club and, 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 and he'd come over here. We had our celebrations here on New Year's Eve on a yearly basis, and the McLeisett Cup would be presented. And we often had nine inches of snow on the ground, Carol, and that man would walk in there with a smile on his face and present that cup to whoever was the, 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 the lucky winner of the McLeisett Cup. Because it mattered. 
mattered. Because it mattered, and that was all for the community. And I remember him even checking people that said how great the McLeisett family were in the past to build the ball alley for their workers, and he took terrible exception to that, and it was wonderful to hear it. He said that the alley was built for the community, not for the workers in McLeisett's. Yeah. And he proved that in later years. What year, was, what year was it built? It was built in 1910. Wow, mm, it's a long time ago. So, at really coinciding with the, I suppose, the, the start of the Gaeltacht Nua in, in Raheen and a lot of people being employed on the estate, but also, I suppose, children of the parish being able to play there. And you Correct, know. and there was a big workforce there at that time as well, somewhere in the regions of Pune 1800. But like, he, he went to the Gaeltacht places, I'm glad you mentioned Carol, he went to Ring and Waterford, to be your Padre O'Neill, or to him, you know, to, to try and progress the Irish language yeah. locally mm, yeah. and was successful to an extent. Uh, Seamus O'Neill was a fluent Irish speaker, his son, yes. who contributed seriously. But certainly when I mentioned the O'Neills, I suppose the real father figure of the days in the past was Mike O'Neill, who lived inside in the middle of Rohin Estate and cycled his bike with a little lamp on it and came out every night there to that ball alley like. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. He did wonders for handball. So Mike O'Neill was Seamus's brother, was Correct. he? Correct. He was Pordrick's son that came up from. Was he born in? Was he born up here? Uh, I'd say so. Yes, yeah, I would think yeah. so. I would think so, Carol. Because yeah. I think I, I, we've interviewed Seamus before, and I think he's the last. He was the last of that generation to be born in Raheen, actually on the estate of sure. those people that came up, sure. of, of, of the families that came that came up from Ring. But you know, you, we're touching on just areas of uh, of William McGlyce's involvement in the community. I mean, we know he was also. I, I, I know there'll be a whole program about William, it's a, and it's not for today. It's a, you know, we're in the week that the family are sadly bereaved. Oh my God, for such a wonderful week for the village that we all look forward to, to celebrate. And I really salute the Tungreni Development Committee, but more so the, the, the Harp yeah. Festival Committee. And it was wonderful thinking, and to think that it's laced with such tragedy and sadness. Mm -hmm. But yes, of course, we is. have to keep the heads up and move yeah. on. Yeah. But just briefly on Willa McLeisett, I could spend an hour telling you various things, what the McLeisett family did, and maybe William in particular. But like, <coughs> he built a squash court for his workers in very later years, and I played squash in there. Yes. And beside that, he developed a little p a pitch for us. And we were lucky enough to go on and win monster titles at Interferum. Yeah, and it had some historical hollows like Noel Lee and Galway and, and Noel Kinsella of Dublin. Those kind of players came and joined us, and they were legal to join us. That like. was a big thing, wasn't it? Like it was a massive thing, but the contribution Willa McLeisett made, we yeah. won a monster title down. We went to, 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 to another monster. We went to an All-Ireland final against Kikini Commercials, where we had the Henderson's, Tom McCormick, and, and, and Eddie Kerr. Yes. We were playing in that category, yeah. and we failed in that All-Ireland final. But Willem put all his, his vehicles on all his vans, everything on the road and the bus, and feathers, and oh, he was an absolute gym. There's no doubt about it. He was a brilliant man, and you'd have to give the same credit. His wife had probably a greater input into the running of the firm. And Emily it was, and going to school to her as a teacher. What a serious... Tell, tell me that, because you, we, we talked about this off-air, about uh, Anna going up to... to talk, and taught you in... in uh, I went to school to Anna at least, and yeah. my God, I will never forget it. She was an absolute wonderful teacher, and I was talking to friends of mine like the Fitzgeralds in Australia and Tommy Bleach, everyone who would... Oh, we, we, we couldn't say enough about her. Like, she took her job so serious. I saw her coming in to car Holy Cross. It was three miles from Brake, and she'd be coming in there with a bicycle, and it's snowing, Geraldine. It's yeah. snowing. Where did she teach, Jimmy? Oh, Carholy school. Oh, really? yep. yeah. mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah Carholly School, yeah. Which yeah. is Jimmy's, which is your home. Yeah, yeah my grandfather gave the yeah. site to the yeah. Board of Education to build yes. that school back in yeah. and what's it? 1911. But it, there's a fair old pull going up there now, I can imagine, on the bike, like on a bad morning. Oh, my God, you can chalk <laughs> it down, yeah. But she was that kind of girl. She was wonderful and took her job so serious and... and Oh, a great person to pass on it. I, I can't claim to have known William that well. I knew him through Anna. I, knew, I know Anna very well. But from observation, they're a modest family. Unbelievably you modest. don't hear them crowing about all the work they have done in the community. No. They're very modest. Both of them are blessed, Geraldine. That's yeah. very well put. Both of them are blessed with that ingredient, that yeah. modesty thing, like, you know, and meeting his brother Brian down there at the, at the, at the funeral and that and talking to Brian, the same thing. He's so like his, his father, Dr. Edward. Yes. And I said that to him and he said, you're not the first person, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that one. And I'm glad, you, you know, the modesty of that family, you know. Yeah. You never heard about all their achievements, you know, they just... No. And to tell you about their modesty, when I was working in, when I was work, started to work in there, it was a very, very bad winter's day, and Anna walked out from her house, and it could be 40 metres, to ask me to come in and have tea with her. Ah, yes. As yeah. a worker. Mm-hmm. That'll tell you the modesty, it really proves how right mm-hmm. you are, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, we will, I know that we will, in Scarf Bay Radio, come back to the McGlyset story again and again, and it's, it just deserves its own... It's its own documentary, its own special show, because there's so much of it. But I, I suppose we didn't want this week to pass without uh, offering our condolences um, to Anna and to the family and to all who loved William. And thank you for talking about him. Now, talking about handball, OK, because you're here wearing your... Uh, chairman of um, Toongraney Handball Club here now. You're going well, Jimmy. We're going exceptionally well. And, you know, it's not my first time being chairman of the little club, and I'm, I'm, it's a great honour to be chairman of that club. But, like, we're on a high now. We're making massive progression as far as handball goes in Toongraney. Yeah. It's unbelievable the amount of kids we went as far as passing the 80 mark before the virus oh, came. Yeah. 80 kids. And the good of that is that they're both male and female. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And talking to Jim Nash about that, you know, he said to me, it isn't always all about handball, you know, that they can come in and say, and chat, Geraldine. Yes. In the heat of that alley, we're blessed with the heat we have in that alley. We have wonderful facilities there. Yes. A girl had the vision recently to say, oh, this needs to be carpeted. And she went and got a contractor and carpeted all the oh, alley, I cool. thank you. <laughs> we'll all be going to the handball alley. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the club has been in, the, the handball alley was built in 1910. Was the club a established then? I, I would say back around that yeah. time, Carl, we, we, were, we made history by having the first chairman of the Monster Council, a man by the name of Johnny Purcell, John Purcell Tom Graney. He was the first chairman of, of, of the Monster Handball Council. Yeah. And as the saying goes, it progressed from there. But I have memories as a child listening to my dad talking about him playing handball off the face of the alley and retrieving the ball from the road outside. Oh. There was a lot of handball play there against the wall of the old castle. Yes, yeah. And of course... We're back to the McLeisets. I mean, to think that the McLeisett family had the vision and the interest to put that noble 60 by 30, the Scanlon, the Scarif built there. And that was, that kick-started everything. Yes. As far as handball went in Tungraney. And <coughs> the successes were there from early on, weren't they? I mean, I know we're going to talk about the recent successes, but let's go back, you know, when, I mean, obviously the heydays of the Kirby's and everything, were they the first very well-known handball? I'm, I'm displaying my ignorance now. There's probably very famous people before the Kirby's. Tell me. <coughs> the, 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 there was, of course, the families like <coughs> the Kirby's, the Hogan's, the Rhines, the Noonan's. Yeah. 
I, I'm sorry, I hope I'm leaving out nobody, but like them families all had two or three in each family, and they backbone that. Yeah, going back further, then you had the Wiley brothers, Mickey and his brother. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. They beat the Bergens down here in, 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 in Munster Championship handball, and, and there was massive celebrations yeah. on that. Like. Yeah. And, and the Ryans, are they your own mother's They family? are my own, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But they had no big achievements in those days, like, but there was massive activity there. And just a little statistic, when the alley opened, they hung the old eye lamps on the wall so that they had good music and danced. And John Una played the fiddle and they danced around the floor of that alley. There was a whole social life attached to it, you know, Well, the reason I say that, the change, Carol, in community from then to now. Yes, <laughs> you have yeah. no idea I'm saying the walls, no people dancing, would you? You wouldn't, but yeah. you're still great to celebrate and you had a recently a great great uh, celebration. Oh, sure, un- un- unbelievable, Carol. I, I, I didn't actually think it could happen even though that I knew from the first day I saw the match of the handball. Tell us the significance of the, of the winning the national, um, the nationals. The All-Ireland. Yes. <coughs> Or sure you know yourself, success breeds success, the old cliche. And I mean, winning a senior All-Ireland title, like, I mean, they did the finest of handballs, just like in football and Holland, never win All-Irelands. Yes. And to think that that young man and the dedication, I'm repeating myself, I mean, his commitment diet-wise and preparing his body and everything, people don't realize it in the modern game, all the gym work that Jim Nash has put into that, like, unbelievable. And like to to go on and beat a fella like McCarthy, this is what put the icing on the cake. Right. McCarthy was dominated big time in years and this time he caught him and beat him decently and beat him well. He was looking at it above in Kingscourt and Kevin. Right. Wonderful game of handball like and, and, and Nash was unreal like. Yeah. But so that title eluded Chungraney members since nineteen eighty, is that is that right? Was there wasn't since, is it Pat Kirby? Well, in the 70s, I mean, the biggest day, I suppose, if you like, the village ever saw was when Pat Kirby won the world title in 1970. Yes, yeah. And all the political dignities and everything else. The village was full, and I was treasurer of the Holland Club at the time, and Jim Hurley, a cockman, that was not only he came up to me every Monday night and we presented to Pat. But, oh, that was a fierce historical occasion. And I think that really and truly did the world for handball in Clare, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. You know, that went on for Pat Kirby to make a serious friendship with Mick Dunn. And that's how the 40 by 20 game came about in Clare, the American game. Yes, yes. They, they promoted and there was four or five alleys built here in Clare, Clooney, Broadford, Tuna, Tungraney, Tulla. Do you continue to have people, let's say, training and mentoring? Do the people who played handball move on then to become as they maybe don't play as much themselves. How does it work? Well, you know, Carol, that's not a black and white one, you know. We're looking off at times to get that person that comes back and gives. But we're, we're blessed now with the parents we have, male and female. When you think of those young players going to Tyrone and, and, and winning national titles like Lee Minogue on the 17s, Paul Rogers on the 13s, and Eric Kelhar winning under 11s up in Tyrone and Monaghan. Well, I mean, that speaks a lot about where Tom Graney handball is today. Yes, yeah. because there, there are people driving them. There are people washing their gear. They're washing their own gear, I hope, now, by now. <laughs> but, you know, behind, like every successful sports person, there's a family and there's sacrifices and there's time and, and all those precious things that are It's given. unbelievable. You know, if you've got 30 kids in a field, it's, you can make a match or you can do a lot of things. When you go into Tom Graney Alley, the f- most you can put in there is four. Now, we're looking with the other facility you can play crosswall and have a lot of kids in the big alley in the 6th of authority and do crosswall with the real little small ones yes. and coach it but in the other alley like so many waiting to play and 
anxious to get in that it's very demanding and you have a lot of restrictions from an insurance and, and, and point of view now that you have to have a couple of editors, minimum of a couple of editors there. Yeah. So winter's nights and that, I suppose we can't talk about handball at all without mentioning the name Jim Nash. No, no, no I was just going to say that. Uh, yes, he really has encouraged us. He's yeah. sick and tired of we praising me. He wouldn't yeah. want me mentioning his name at all. Well, he's <laughs> going to be mentioned. He's also <laughs> sponsor of our programme yeah. and he's definitely going to be mentioned oh in this context. Oh my God, he's a fantastic man, this fellow. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Like yeah. He's making it all happen. He's structuring all the underage and he's done travelling the Linton breadth of Ireland and taking kids off to his cattle on, 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 on Christmas weekend. Like when the road. He's doing that for many years now. Oh, Jim he's doing it for many years, yeah. is right. Yes. And he's doing it for all the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said about, about William the Lottermill, you know, he's not doing it for publicity or for any no. gain. He's, uh-huh. he's an. Uh, I, I, I could go on and on, but. I know. We're very, we're lucky, Carl, to have a man like Jim Nash in our midst. There's no question or doubt about that. And we are for sure, and we're also very lucky to have a club, you know, and have that culture in this village and in this parish. And and obviously, it's not just about people from Tomb Graney, because other people come and play handball here who aren't necessarily from Tomb Graney. Wouldn't that be true? Who are members of the club here? You don't have to be from. Do you have to be from? The oh God, no! Like we at the moment. It's a different we, thing, isn't at the it? moment, we're, we're some of my fellow officers. They give me a few lines there, but like they're very anxious to promote the big alley, as we call it. And, and Carol, that's where it all started. People forget that. Yes. Party opportunities is fine. You can play it any day, any time of the year. It's a winter sport, actually. Yeah. But that big alley, sixty by thirty, that's a big place when you're going for a game of singles in your tog to play somebody from some other end of the country. Yes. That's very very demanding. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. game, like. But now, that it's been it's been it's been promoted big time. Probably maybe from dealing with success even though it wasn't yes. the other alley but there's massive interest there now and and some of my fellow officers asked me to mention that um that they'd like more to come there's a lot of adults and there's a lot of underage entered in the monster competitions and that's a breath of fresh air to me because it's struggling all over ireland the 60 by 30 game is it or it is yes. or it is it is okay. it is, okay. it is. but it's a fantastic game and we have fellas coming from my kelly for new market various fellas from Clooney and queen it's wrong Fellas, forgive me for mentioning names, but Mike has been a Trojan supporter of 60 by 30 handball and done wonderful work on it down the years. One in all Ireland with Charlie Cochran, another great player. They're great lads, yeah. and they're back now, and what we're aiming to do now is get in some underage players. And sorry, when I'm looking at the few notes here, <coughs> Tom Green Club are sending a team of boys to the 40 by 20 fail weekend in Dublin and Kildare in June, under 14. Matthew Curry, Donica Curry, Jack Madden, Paul Rogers, Luke Madden, and Danny Ryan. Oh, wonderful. Isn't that brilliant? That's a failure. (coughs) Can I just say something, Jimmy? You're giving praise to everybody there, but you know something? Your passion for this uh, handball alley is absolutely (laughs) obvious, and I don't know if it would be as successful if you weren't behind it, honestly. Isn't that right? Indeed it would, but thanks for the I compliment. Know. But if you talk to some of my fellow mates and officers... I think give out about they, you, I they, oh, No, I know, but they, they wouldn't agree with you about singing people's praises because I'm the biggest critic that ever came oh, up with. You, know well, you need that too. You have I, to have I'd like to drift back maybe to some of the memories I have in the past. We oh. talked about playing off the cast and all that, you know. But what people forget is that handball was played all over Ireland. It's the oldest game in sport played on the walls of Tara. And, and like, it'd been played in Burraik Village. A lot living in Burraik wouldn't realise that now. But there was an Armick, an RUC barracks there, like. And 
actually a relation of your own, Carol, mm. participated there against an RUC man, oh. a big, strong fella that thought he could dominate and dictate. Yeah. <laughs> and <coughs> Matt Doherty took yeah, him on. Yeah. And in, the, in that contest, Matt bust the ball, and when the new ball came, he beat RUC man. So that's <laughs> history. But, <coughs> but I mean, I remember myself, my first handball would have been a little village in Corrigano. Now I'm on the extreme end of this parish, the real eastern part of Bright Parish, which straddles the border with Ogunala. So Valley Malone, Corrigano and Carhorley would be integrating into the one townland, yes, if you like, yes. but the other three little townlands. But my God, what Holland Handball went on in Corrigano with the Fitzgerald family. I know. They immigrated, which tore the guts, as we say, out of the yeah. whole community. Sure. They went to Melbourne and years rolled on. But they played a lot of handball here in the 60s about 30. And my God, Geraldine, when they had a little meeting one day as a family, they talked back to those great days. And Paddy Fitzgerald, the great Paddy Fitzgerald, said, let's, let's, let's have a little memory of us in Tungreni. And my God, when he opened that case at a little meeting with a presentation at Slattery's Pub and Break, and there's the fine big shield oh, sitting alone the there. Beautiful shield. Fantastic. And I want to quote the exact words he said. Yes. He looked at me and he said, if it means one under 13, he said, coming in playing handball in Tungreni, I'll die a happy man. Oh, oh fantastic. Yeah. It was a fantastic it was. statement, Charlie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was. You know, we saw lean days. We didn't have too many kids in the alley at that time, and that's yeah. why that's so relevant. Yeah. One under 13 play. Yeah, and uh, and I know that you, you're you know thinking of Paddy at the moment, who isn't so well, in in, in Australia. We wish Paddy well. Yes, we do. Of course, and of course, we wish all the absolutely and all the Fitzgeralds between hurling, handball, and music. They sure. they have a reputation throughout the world. They yeah. played for the presidents that left here: Mary McAleese, Mary Robinson. Yes, I know. Mm -hmm. Paddy Fitzgerald yeah. got a check for twenty thousand. He'd love me to say this. He said it to me only two weeks ago, Geraldine, on yes, the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He got a check from Joe McDonough, another man that stayed a lot of Yes, twenty thousand for the Victorian grounds, and Paddy played his accordion, and Joe McDonough sang the West Awake. Oh, oh God! Isn't that history? Yeah. Isn't that? That's Jimmy, yeah. we never have enough time with you, and the clock has beaten us, as they say in all good <laughs> programs. And there's a man up from Kerry who's waiting outside the door, I think, who's a heart maker, who's going to come and talk to us. But it's a pure pleasure to have you here with, in, with, with us in Scarif Bay Community Radio, as ever, and to share your memories. And thank you so much. Well, well, I'm privileged and honoured to be here representing Tungri and Everett Moore, so that Claire FM thought of the handball club. Yes. We need all the support we can get. Uh, can you give me a couple of seconds? Oh, sure, I want sure. to mention one other great man in Tungreni who we have lost recently, Pather Daly. Oh, oh yes, yes, for sure. Paddy da Pather Daly contributed seriously. So Holler is a handballer to the parish. Absolutely. And his two sons have done world wonderful work for Tungreni Handball Club. Yeah. Connor is chairman, like, and Gordon. Brilliant people and have done wonders for this club now. And I really mean that. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I was close with Pather, what a great man he was. Got serious injuries playing rugby and all the rest of it. Yeah. Won a club all Ireland in Dublin yeah. with Aaron's own and all that. And I, and I never heard anybody say anything, but just such a lovely, gentle man. And he's sadly missed. And another modest man. Another very another modest man, man yeah. is right. Another and he was the first man to work in Foss in that alley. Yeah. I remember going to the Canon the Lord to Mercy and Timmy Gulgody. And, and we structured that. And Tom Long is Gareth and Pather Daly Press at the back of the old alley and didn't cost us a bob of Foss game. Oh, I yes. know. Yeah. Listen, Jimmy, th I'm glad you mentioned Pather there. And... May God be good to all of these Tomb Grainy residents and parishioners who are no longer with us. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Th thanks again. I'm, I'm honoured to be here.